developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hi guys, quick one before we get into the episode. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster, which is the production suite that I've used from the very beginning of this podcast. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast, hang around at the end of the episode for our 30% discount referral code. Thanks. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These. <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say? Uh, anything. Nailed it's it. a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my prior? god, so many. <laughs> it was perfect. What are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. <laughs> you better hear first. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. Today, I'm joined by author and foodie journalist, Emma Hughes. Hey, Emma. Welcome Hi. To the show. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. It's great to, uh, great to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You've done quite a breadth of writing across your career, but let's start with um, last year, your debut novel, No Such Thing as Perfect, came out. A romantic comedy about love and technology. Congratulations. It must have been so exciting to put your first book out into the world. Thank you so much. Um, yes, it, it it really, really was. And um, even uh, even a year on, I think it's still um, uh, my brain hasn't quite caught up with it. I still get a sort of um, almost like a kind of deja vu jolt. Like if I walk into a bookshop and I see it, and I think, "Hang on, is that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that is my." I recognise that cover. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was I was interested to see though. So it came out in 2021. Yes. But it was actually shortlisted for both the Lucy Cavendish Fiction Prize and the Spotlight First Novel Award in 2019, two years prior to its publication. Yes. Yeah, it was. And I think um, for me, because I'm a journalist and um, I've worked uh, for newspapers and um, mostly weekly magazines for oh, over a decade now. So um I think, you know, in my kind of day-to-day working life, I'd got very used to very short timescales, to be honest, and like a very short uh, window between um, writing something and it actually kind of being out in the world and sort of existing as a as a, a thing beyond you. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously on, on sort of one level as a, you know, as a reader, I, I was aware that, you know, publishing is... Um, completely different and works in a much longer way but I am um, slower way I would yeah, say <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes um but I think what I sort of hadn't I hadn't really considered how it would f- feel or what it might mean to be you know like sitting here in 2022 chatting to you about a book which I wrote in 2019 that I had been thinking about for kind of a couple of years before and which has then kind of had you know it's kind of existed in all of these different forms over that time you know as a hardback and then as a paperback with quite a different look and you know sort of how it would 
yeah, sort of what it would be like to be kind of um, coming out to like speak on behalf of sort of 2019 uh, me, you know, having having kind of written another one since then. And um, I'm also working on my my third novel now. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to me the way that kind of um, as an author, you have to kind of keep all those all those different versions of your yourself and like your your writing self um that you all have to sit together all the time and kind of take it in turns to speak if that makes sense yeah yeah sort of like you're almost harboring multiple personalities mm. in your body <laughs> exactly exactly because you must grow between just the act of writing I, writing a book a, a story i think will trigger some growth in 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 anyone really like you by the time you start and finish a story i feel like you have changed in at least in some small way yes yeah i think that's i think that's absolutely right and i can't remember if it was um i'm not about to compare myself to hillary mantel but, but <laughs> um, i think it was hillary mantel who said that she kind of gets to the end of a draft and then has to go back to the start immediately because um i mean obviously her you know her books are um very long right? much longer than mine yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you know the process of writing a full draft is you know probably years and you know in that point she feels like she you know i guess has become a different person as you're saying in the course of um in the course of of writing it um so so yeah it's um it's that's definitely something that you have to contend with but i have to say like um you know sort of um when i got um the delivery of the um uh the paperbacks of no such thing as perfect my first novel i um uh you know i i kind of um i i did have a bit of a, a reread of it and um yeah i you know i sort of i can tell it's something i i wrote a few years ago but there's i i don't actually think there's there really isn't very much i would change um well, that's good which is um yeah i'm sort of i feel like it kind of yeah i'm very happy for that to kind of stand as as what it is and that's a really unexpected feeling for me because as a journalist I I really I find it really mortifying reading back over you know articles I wrote a few years ago and yeah. um you know the temptation when I've been kind of working at places where I've got access to the uh, the CMS to just go back and kind of fiddle and make them a bit less embarrassing is um is massive so um yeah that's been a um a pleasant surprise <laughs> I guess that's probably a big difference between in journalism where you need to turn something around in a week versus in publishing where you know it's going to be about two years before it's coming out. Yes. <laughs> and many people are like iterating on that and it's changing and evolving and, you know. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. Um, but it's, I think it's quite, a lot of authors quite famously dislike their early works. I think Zadie Smith very famously doesn't like her um, debut novels. That's right. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, you're right. She. She was really not keen on. Um, Is it white teeth? White teeth. Yeah, yeah white I teeth. think. I think she. Um, um, I definitely remember reading an interview with her um, where she. Um, she said that yeah, she would, would kind of cringe rereading it. Yeah, even though it won multiple awards, yeah. it was an international best-selling. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's an, it's an extraordinary piece of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so going back to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In, it must have felt very jarring going from journalism and into this very slow process that is publishing. But did it feel like a lot happened between 2019 when, you, when you'd written the book and you'd put the book out to some people and 2021 and it came out? Oh, goodness, yes. I mean, yeah, the, um, 
the whole um I mean you know pe- people talk about kind of roller coasters but um uh, yeah it was some um, um a lot of very unexpected things happened very very quickly which if you know you'd kind of told me in 2018 you know this is how it's going to go for you i i mean i just i just would have um, you know laughed my head off um <laughs> so um i had been um you know, I was a classic kind of, uh, you know, child who um, used their school exercise books to, you know, write novels in inverted commas. And, you know, it had always been like the thing I dreamed of the most, um, you know, to, to write a novel. And um, but I was um, really crippled by kind of, uh, I guess, sort of shyness lack of confidence about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really um I was very embarrassed about it because, you know, in my day job, I was writing kind of, you know, hundreds of words a day, sometimes thousands of words a day. Yeah. And, you know, that was fine. But I just, I, um, I just, I really, really struggled. Um, and, um, I'd never sort of got past the first chapter of anything. And then in, um, uh, kind of the start of 2019, I sort of, sort of quite a lot of, big life things that had happened you know I was turning 30 I'd, I'd broken up with someone and I sort of said to myself like you, you know like you've just got to if you don't do it now this is just going to slip so you know um so I set myself the task of writing um the first three chapters and to kind of make myself do it to sort of give me a deadline um which I thought I would need um I um entered the uh the lucy cavendish fiction prize which you mentioned at the start um mm-hmm. literally just kind of give me a day to work to where i had to have three chapters done and it was the only competition i could find where you didn't have to um you know um have a full manuscript so i thought right well that's <laughs> you know, this is this that is makes- this is an end in itself i'm just you know i will just do this i will never hear anything again but it has made me make a start and that's yeah. that's good anyway um I was then longlisted uh, for it and then shortlisted for it. And, and I mean, neither, it had never entered my head that those things would happen. Um, and then I ended up uh, getting an agent before I'd finished the manuscript, which was, I mean, wow. you know, that is something that is, you know, that it's, it's unusual for that to happen in, yeah. in fiction. And that was, you know, I had not even, I thought I was years away from kind of having to think about, having an agent so it was it was just a huge amount of stuff that happened very very quickly um and then I got my um got my book deal for two books um with uh Century my publisher um it was it was about a fortnight before the first lockdown oh. that, that happened and so then suddenly the world changed mm. um and um you know my working life changed um and you know kind of in one respect um i mean the timing was i was unbelievably lucky because it you know it gave me a degree of like security um during the pandemic um but this sort of it was a complete 180 i'd gone from being someone who was writing their first novel um, kind of around their day job, um, like on, on, you know, my notes app on the bus to work and in my lunch break yeah. to someone who was, you know, sitting in their flat 
by themselves, um, being told, right, you now have to write a second novel. <laughs> kind of <laughs> here's your deadline. Yeah. yeah here's it. Um, you know, which was, which was wonderful, but also terrifying and really quite disorientating. And it's not, um, you know, it's, um, it's definitely not something to complain about because it sounds very like, Oh, you know, my diamond shoes are too small. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was just, um, uh, yeah, as you said, a lot happened in a, a comparatively short space of time. And that was before, you know, the book had even before there were even proofs of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, in terms of, in terms of sort of lifestyle transformations, that sounds like suddenly suddenly being told okay now you need to write a second book here's the deadline for your second book that sounds like something you really need to rise to was that difficult it was it was so difficult (laughs) (laughs) um and again it was something that i um it it was difficult in in really unexpected ways um Mm -hmm. because you know i think for you know for lots of us like you know, and certainly for me, like having been a writer who had to squeeze in writing a book around the rest of my life and the rest of my working life, I used to kind of, you know, dream of having, you know, a, a full a full day, you know, a full week to kind of concentrate um, and not just have to sort of switch into, a, you know, all these different modes all over again. Yeah. Um, and, um, but then when it happened you know, when I then was kind of, you know, that was my task for kind of six months, basically, to sort of, you know, write this second novel. Um, I mean, the circumstances are quite extreme in that, you know, I mean, it was impossible to kind of go anywhere to kind of get any sort of flow of air through your brain, you know, any kind of new. Yeah, I, I, I found it incredibly daunting. And the, the process of writing that novel was, um, so so much less um i don't want to say easy because you know, I, I don't think writing a book is ever really easy for yeah most of certainly isn't for me but um it was less much, le- <laughs> it was much much less straightforward mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah than yeah. because um, you have the all first that one. pressure now exactly. yeah whereas in the first one it's like i'm writing a book something might come of it something might not i'm just going to do it at my own pace you know as exactly. suits me yeah that's exactly it it's kind yeah. of um it's 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 different sorts of anxiety like before you have a contract it's you know it's a shot in the dark and you have to kind of always contend with that worry that you know it might might never go anywhere this might all have been for nothing yeah um but then on the other side of that is you know when you do have a contract it's like no you have to do this like it doesn't matter <laughs> you know how many wrong turns you think you've made or um you know how much you're struggling with this you know making this concept work you have to do this because <laughs> it's, it's your job now yeah yeah um yeah and that was some um, um i definitely set myself a really challenging uh novel to write and um oh. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was terrifying and i um i i, I think i wrote the entire thing and then chucked almost all of it out maybe four times wow yeah <laughs> i mean I, it was it was lucky there was nothing else to do <laughs> i do think though that shows maturity as a writer is the willingness to be more cutthroat with your editing and just say right i'm cutting 50,000 words let's go again yes 
Well, that's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think I was um, sometimes it can um, you're sort of having had a because I was um, I was a um, when I was a journalist. Um, well, I still am a journalist, but I'm, I I have been an, a, like an editor um, for quite a lot of my career, like specifically mm-hmm. a copy editor, and uh, which I love. And um, I think that part of your brain, the part that's kind of looking at something f- from above and thinking, mm, no, that's there's yeah. something's not working here, yeah, and we need to figure out what it is. Um, that can, I think, as a writer, that can really inhibit you because it um, it, it it can and and does for me really it can really slow you down. Um, if you're if you're constantly second guessing yourself, um, mm-hmm. but I do, I do sort of feel like if I've learned that kind of when I have that gut feeling that something is um, not working in a particular chapter or you know even in a manuscript like a whole character, yeah, I kind of learn not to push through it because I don't think it's looking back. It's it's never been misplaced i would say yeah 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 well i've I've had a number of journalists on the podcast mm. and uh i do there does seem to be a feeling that journalists find the editorial and copy editing part of publishing much easier than um people who who haven't come from a journalism background did you find that that's really interesting do you mean that like they they're just kind of more they understand that this is something that has to happen to your work like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i think they're also very thick skinned because journalism the, the editors and copy editors in journalism can be very cutthroat because it needs to be quick so they don't have time to sort of say it politely and nicely to you they say no, no this has to go this has to go this has to go it's into yeah. very quick turnover whereas there's more a feeling in in publishing because it is a bit slower of sort of softening and 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 also obviously the work is more personal um, because it is something that's come so individually from the author, whereas a lot of journalism is about an, a, an external thing. Yes. <laughs> thick skins. I, I've learned that journalists generally have thick skins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do sort of, you do sort of have to um, develop one depending on what kind of um, working environment uh you're in. I mean, I I started my career um, on a um, like in newspapers, mm-hmm. um, then moved to to magazines, which um, can be somewhat gentler on the on the ego, but <laughs> not not always. Um, but yes, definitely. Um, it's um, it's yeah. It, it's been very helpful to me. I think as a as a novelist, in in that I came to it with an awareness of the fact that you know, um, it takes a village and actually kind of the more brains that you have on something, the better. Yeah. 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 Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah. You get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, I mean, I think I, I'm sure I'm completely infuriating from my um, 
publisher because um, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my kind of time in journalism uh, was uh, uh, kind of writing headlines and stand first and kind of the display copy for things. Uh-huh. So, you know, whenever I'm writing books, that's kind of, you know, I'm visualizing it like, you know, if I pick this book up, what would I read on the back? What would the kind of elevator pitch be? Which can be, um, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's quite um, uh, quite frustrating as a publisher when your author's like, I've got all these ideas, and I think we can say this and this. And uh, <laughs> well, I guess that depends on the quality of the ideas. I yeah. mean, did they use any of your ideas? Uh, no, they, like, they're very, um, they're very. Um, my editor is is. Um, um, is, is brilliant and um, you know she really includes me in all the discussions which um, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm so grateful for because I, I do really enjoy them as well but I sometimes worry it's a bit like when you know like you're cooking and like your child wants to help and you're like <laughs> you're five years old like you'll just break everything so you just give them a tiny blunt knife and yeah. like a piece of blazer and you're like okay go and cut that up yeah. I'm helping <laughs> exactly oh that's great um, we, I mean, we glossed over it a little bit. I did just want to ask, um, it was, uh, after you'd written the book and you'd, you'd, um, you'd been shortlisted for a couple of awards, shortlisted for a couple of awards. Uh, that was when you found your, your agent and that's, um, another Emma, Emma yes. Finn over Emma at Finn. BMW. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was that, you said that, that she signed with you before you'd even finished the novel. Was that <laughs> as a result of being shortlisted for the awards? So, um, I mean, the way we um, uh, the, the way we met is it's it's a lovely story. Um, I think it's a bit like a kind of romantic comedy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, when I um, so when I got shortlisted for the award, um, I um, kind of out of the blue, I had offers of representation from a, a couple of agents. Um, oh wow! And um, I, which I'd had, yeah, as I said, I'd had no concept that this is something that might happen. And I was just a bit kind of flawed because um, I hadn't even begun to think like what kind of, I hadn't allowed myself to think sort of, you know, what, what kind of agent might I want to have, um, you know, who might be a good fit. And, um, but I thought, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I need to say yes to one of these people, even though I don't feel like I'm kind of, ready and they were you know they were all amazing and I thought I don't know how I'm going to choose um but then um she um she followed me on Twitter one morning and I uh, clicked on her profile and um it said she was interested in books dinners and dogs and I thought oh well I like those things too that's, that's <laughs> good and um um and I sort of I think my kind of ex- <laughs> my expert you know having gone from being such a kind of unconfident person about my writing mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly that I was confident but I was just sort of in this kind of weird dreamscape and I thought oh uh oh well maybe she wants to represent (laughs) as well that's nice oh maybe she'll email me and I sort of I waited and waited and um uh an email never came and sort of after a few days I realized I was feeling a bit sort of I kept checking her profile and I was like "Mm." um I I think I might email her because she sounds great so um I sent her this email, which I, I, I reread it occasionally when I want to feel really bad about myself. And uh, I just <laughs> cringe because it's, it's got typos in it. Um, mm. It's, um, 
uh, it's it's just it's just mortifying, and it's it's just like I, I have not completed my manuscript, but perhaps you'd like to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I, so I sent it, and I got a very nice reply back saying, you know, um, thank you so much. Yes, you know, uh, I'll definitely. But you know, I'm very busy, and I thought, oh God, you yeah. know, if she, you know, probably just, you know, well, oh, I've blown it. Um, <laughs> and then um, uh, a couple of hours later, I got another email saying, I kind of down tools to. To finish reading your manuscript, um, a couple of hours later. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> um, he said, "You know, can can we speak on the phone?" And so I went out of the office and um, I sort of phoned her. I remember I was sitting on like a bro. It was like a sort of fly tip around the back of the office, and I was sitting on like a broken wheelie chair. Um, and um, we just, we just, you know, I just thought she was fantastic and. Um, exactly the kind of person that I was looking for in that she is very much like a, she's an agent who really loves editing and has a real, real flair for editing. Um, and she's also just a really kind person with, you know, amazing sort of emotional intelligence and sensitivity. And, um, I, I just sort of, I just sort of knew as, the, as they say. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was, um, that was how it happened. That's great. That's it's it's funny that you were waiting for her to email you. <laughs> <laughs> the the idea that the authors are sitting out there going, mm, I, I hope these agents email me at some point. <laughs> it's I, I mean it's just like say, listening back to myself saying that it's like <laughs> what like in, I mean that's just not how. But I think the fact that it had kind of happened a few times, I was like, yeah. oh well, well may, maybe I'm I literally don't know how anything works <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's funny well it all worked out in the end um, it's, it's all work out in the end yeah. yeah even with your uh typo ridden email oh, yeah <laughs> but that just goes to show it's about the like um she she sort of prefaces it by saying i'm very very busy but the writing really grabbed her and really obviously reached something from the get-go that she had to read it all and then immediately call you back because two hours is a crazy turnaround yeah <laughs> And I think that that is something that I have really, um, I've really learned kind of over the past three years, you know, since this all started, that there are, there are, it's not that there are kind of no rules, but Mm -hmm. there are sort of exceptions to every rule and kind of, you really, you really have no idea how anything is going to go in publishing. I mean, you know, there is no formula for kind of success or failure. And um, that's part of the the joy and the excitement of it is thinking, you know, tomorrow my life could, could change. Mm-hmm. I think the kind of mental and emotional work of having to keep all, all possibilities in play at all times um, in your mind for your for your writing is I think well in my experience it's really tiring you know having to write a book and um sit down every day and um sort of just contend with the huge question mark that is the book's future you know what what its life will be and I'm I'm really kind of um you know as I said at the moment I'm writing my third novel um and my uh my 
book deal was for um, for two books. Um, so for the next one, who knows? You know, who knows if it will even see the light of of day? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting to be kind of back in that position. Um, yes. With perhaps the benefit of you know second time around with these feelings, maybe it's a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what to expect now, yeah. to some degree. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've talked about a little bit your work as a journalist, which is mostly in food and travel. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is, I think, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, these are great, um, great areas of of interest for someone who writes romantic comedy, because <laughs> those are two things that often come up in that within the genre. Yes. But I saw on your website, you've also done an interesting place to do it on on Reddit. You also did a bit of relationship advice and discussed the future of dating apps. How did that come about? Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, those, are, those are two of my favorite pieces that I've, uh, I've ever written, actually. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I mean... I guess the whole like the whole kind of genesis of no such thing as perfect was a real interest in um dating apps and how they work or don't work mm. and um you know as part of my research for the book i uh, I interviewed quite a lot of people who um you know had worked on dating apps you know help to build them and you know they they told me some really quite hair raising stuff which i i guessed was true like having you know used dating apps kind of on and off for quite a while but um you know to have it confirmed i thought oh god you know that's uh, the human race is doomed um but but then when it um when it came to sort of promote the book when it came out i thought well this is actually something that i can you know do some journalism about and um it's um i think it's something that people are uh perennially interested in in the yeah. you know the all, all kind of you know because just like just like um you know writing a book kind of embarking on a relationship is a complete unknown and you you know you can meet someone and like someone but you, you you have you cannot possibly control the outcome or do you know and it's um that that kind of unknown is um it can be terrifying and i think people you know the idea that you can kind of calibrate it or um you know shape it in some way is really compelling um especially to people who are kind of feeling a bit a bit lost so that was the sort of um that was yeah where the, the kind of whole idea for the book came from and i guess the um the piece on the you know reddit's you know relationship um subreddit um which i've been you know a reader of for a long time i guess that kind of comes from the same place i think like as a writer um you know everything i write is about love and relationships um which i i don't think necessarily means i'll i'll always write romantic comedies i don't know but um i'm i really the thing I love most of all and the thing that kind of drives me is almost like taking the back off the clock and seeing and saying, oh, yes, right, I see, yeah, that's what all these gears are doing. And this is, you know, this is how these two people work together or don't. And yeah. this is why. And that's that's kind of something I've been interested in my whole life, I guess, if that, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound too creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, I mean, it's a perfect thing to be interested in 
in what in the sort of subject matter that you are writing about in your in your books because <laughs> that's what you need to be you know dissecting and then putting together and seeing what kind of funny combinations you can make work yes <laughs> and what did you so uh in in that research that you did for dating apps what did you what was your conclusion on the future of dating apps <laughs> <laughs> well um the sort of upshot of all my conversations with people who who built these apps was that um, there is no matching algorithm that actually works <laughs> any better than kind of random. Uh, yeah, it just, it's, you know, all of these kind of claims to scientific, you know, being able to deduce your compatibility, it doesn't work, does yeah. not work. There, there is no such thing. Um, and that really your best bet is, to you know if you're going to use an app to use one that is kind of as random as possible if that makes sense like that that sort of almost replicates that experience of walking into a room full of people um you know you you want to kind of um just have a lot of people shown to you kind of in quite quick succession um, yeah. really that was um so actually kind of the um you know, the most badly designed apps can sometimes be the most effective. Well, isn't that somewhat depressing, but quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> but love, love will always find a way. I yes. really believe that. Yes, we uh, we have to keep believing that, right? Hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and before we get to the final question, uh, yeah. you, as you mentioned, do have a new book. What is it? When can we get our hands on it? <laughs> I do. Um, so... I am, well, I think I can say a tiny bit about it because um, <laughs> it's got a kind of holding cover up on Amazon. Okay. Um, but it will, it's called It's Complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be out next year. And it is, um, uh, it is sort of about um, the question of two friends trying to figure out if they might have a child together. That's the kind of jumping off point. But oh. sort of beyond that, it's about the kind of the sort of um, the complications of um, female friendships when you're in your mid thirties and everybody wants kind of different things out of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And also about um, families and about how, how much of what we are, looking for as adults can be shaped by um what we had or didn't have as children within our kind of original families um and i think also as as well about kind of getting to the age where you have to start taking care of your parents as well and have to you know yeah stop relating to them purely as their child and you know actually step up into a you know a role where you are caring as well um mm. so it's about all of that and um there's a cat so <laughs> oh great sold <laughs> <laughs> there's a cat uh, sign me up <laughs> amazing that's um well i'm looking forward to it sounds great great jumping off point um can't wait for it to come out <laughs> and that brings us on to the final question which as always is if you were stranded on a desert island with a single book which book would you take 
<laughs> well, I had I prepared a whole answer for this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> then um i actually I've, um, I've i've scrapped it and i've got a new one um as of yesterday because, uh, textbook you yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, because um uh the author of one of my favorite novels of all time um uh she died a week ago um and i only found out yesterday and i was i was really quite um quite devastated about it and um so I thought I would I'd, I'd talk about her book um instead of the one I, I prepared because actually I I think it would be um it would be a great choice um it's called The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing um and the author's name was Melissa Bank and it's a it's a book um it's a sort of collection of interlinked short stories all about the same young woman um kind of starting uh i think she's kind of a teenager and then it takes her through almost to her 40s and um it's about her relationships but about so much more kind of her family you know work um all of those things that you have to kind of um figure out your place in you know as you kind of leave education and get out into the world and um it is it's i think it's just a sort of perfect book it's so funny it's so perceptive um it's so clever um really witty um but very it, it wears its kind of intelligence very lightly but i um i was given it uh, by a friend and i um i i remember looking at the cover and thinking oh no this looks terrible because it had a really um uh, it came out in the mid nineties in the sort of, um, I guess you'd call it the kind of Bridget Jones, Sex oh, and yeah. the City, Ally McBeal kind of era, and mm-hmm. it was very much packaged and uh, marketed as a continuation of that, and it isn't at all. And I think um, her her work was done a real disservice in her lifetime by the way it was it was marketed, but. Um, you know, I um, she's she's been a real kind of um, guiding light to me. Really, I, I think reading it was um, it was the first time I'd sort of it sounds silly, but that I'd kind of realised that I was allowed <laughs> in inverted commas um, to be interested in the things that I was interested in and to want to write about them. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, I, I would, I hope I would still be writing on the desert island and i think it would be lovely to have her with me oh that's so nice Uh, that's really nice that she's like her work has left such a a lasting emotional impact on you yeah it really has yeah a great choice that's really nice very sweet um well thank you so much emma for coming on the podcast and and chatting with me and and sharing your experience with uh with all of your writing and, and and your sort of journey through publishing Thank you so, so much for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You are very welcome. And for anyone listening, if you want to keep up with what Emma is doing, you can follow her on Twitter at Emma H.D. Hughes or on Instagram at Emma Hughes 86. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks again to Emma and thanks to everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. 
Thanks for hanging around until the end. If you're interested in starting your own podcast but aren't really sure what that looks like, I can't recommend Zencaster enough. It's so simple to host, record and download your podcast with and it even has a built-in transcription AI. It functions entirely in the internet browser, which means all your guests have to do is click on a link and they'll be brought into the conversation. If you click on the link in the description, you'll get 30% off the first three months. All you have to do is click on the link in the description. Thanks again for supporting the show and we'll see you in the next episode. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.